Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stebbin Podcast. Uh, we have an exciting episode. Well, maybe exciting, maybe controversial episode, depending on what denomination you're a part of. But joining me today in this adventure or this journey on this episode is Micah Current. Micah, how are you doing today? I'm good, and it seems to be a trend the last couple of weeks where we've talked about different things and topics and uh Sort spots, if you want to call them that, uh, about the topics yeah. that we're covering. And, you know, I, I don't look as I just want to be clear and say it's not it's not meant to be controversial. It's more well, let's have a conversation. Yes. And let's hear both sides of the story. Absolutely. So I don't know if we ever, you know, I don't know that we ever really say that or, or you know, give like a precursor <laughs> to say, hey, we're just wanting to have a conversation about this. However, yeah. Yes, the last couple of weeks have been kind of controversial or, you know, they're just discussion yeah. points. Yeah, there's just been a there's been a lot in um in not only just Christianity, but American Christianity. Yeah, um as well. Last week was the uh you know, we talked about the Asbury revival and kind of discussed that. And now we're at the topic we're gonna discuss uh today's kind of in a similar situation as far as something that's just kind of right now in the uh tip of everyone's mind and some of the big changes that's happened, especially within the SBC. So, which, you know, I feel like I, anytime, I don't know if I've done it on my show, I'd have to go back to my catalog, but there's been a lot of times where I just am like, man, SBC, what in the world? Uh, but before we dive into the SBC and what's happening with them, uh, stories gone wild segment, Micah, what is, do you have a story for us? I do have a story. I don't know if it's story's gone wild as much as it's like, you know, um, you know, Scott, we talk a little about TikTok once in a while and yeah. you know, the, the, the TikTok videos that, you know, this song turns 50 years old or, yeah. or these songs turn 50 years old or these songs turn 30 years old or whatever in the year 2023. And yeah, you know, I was scrolling uh, through TikTok on Friday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know the song Oceans by Hillsong yeah. United? Yeah. That song turns 10 years old. This year. I know. I know. Which is just mind-blowing. I remember the summer that that came out, and it was on the, the Zion record that Hillsong United put out, and um, just uh, remember being at camp, and everybody wants us to do Oceans, you know, in our worship set. It was like, yeah. super popular, and not to say that it you know, still isn't a powerful song and the people weren't doing it still or using it still in their services. However, it's just mind blowing to me that, that, you know, we really haven't talked much about that. Uh, I mean, we've talked about worship on this show before with, with my background and some other topics, but um, how quickly songs come and they go and they age in and they age out of churches and some churches are still doing songs from 40 years ago, but that's a whole nother conversation. But like, yeah. it was just mind blowing to me that the song oceans is now 10 years old. But, yeah. And, and, that, and again, that's not, it's short and sweet to the point and it's not really a story has gone wild, but it's like a, it's just a story that I heard over the weekend and kind of a reflection of, wow, this song is, is a decade old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's and it, it was interesting. I think I actually saw the video from the the lady who actually wrote the lyrics to the song, like the song. Taya. Writer, and she was Taya talking, or Taya is her name. Yeah, and she was talking about it, and I'm like, and I, and, I, and then just it's like one of those things where when you see, oh yeah, this song's ten years old. Like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me let's go back. And I'm thinking, you know what? 
Kind of because I was in, I was pastoring in Cortland when that song came out and I knew there was a couple of young families who really liked that song and requested that song to be sung and played and, and everything else. And especially when I was still coming back for the, um, when we did the performing arts camp at Marengo, like, you know, that would probably be like a staple in the worship set was oceans because it was new and everyone liked it. And so then it's like, oh yeah, that's not too that's definitely not too uh it's not off the mark like yeah it's it's been 10 years wow that's crazy um i've also been seeing like other like bands like christian bands who haven't been around forever like they're coming back like i just saw today cademan's call is returning i'm like man i haven't listened to cademan's call in years that's like youth group when i was in youth group it's like it's like their 25 year reunion i'm like jeez <laughs> i saw another video it was like Christian rock in the nineties and, you know, as opposed to Christian rock to now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was comparing DC talks, Jesus freak to like skillet. And it was just like, wow. It's so different from the nineties grunge kind of hard rock versus, you know, skillet is very, um, I don't know if you want to consider that metal. I would would consider that metal. Like I, I, I'd say I'd consider it metal. I, I definitely would consider it metal because I mean they tour with a bunch of like metal bands sure. and stuff and hard rock bands. So yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's interesting. So my story gone wild has to do. This is going to sound bad. Maybe I have to put an e on this episode. <laughs> so what, wasn't so, it wasn't it in our tray episode where he was dropping saying that he got in trouble for swearing or said something in his, his sermon. Oh yeah, but he didn't say it on he said it he said that when we were uh he actually kind said what the up. word was when we were warming up when we recorded it. He he was being very uh PG about it. But so and nothing so yesterday was just a busy day. I had worship. We start I'm doing a young family's Bible study in between our nine o'clock and eleven o'clock service. And then I also had the children's moment. The last Sunday of the month, I do a children's moment where I share something with the kids. I was sharing about um, using our mouths and using our words. So to be kind. So nine o'clock service, we have a, that's usually where we have a bunch of our children there. So a lot of kids are coming up and my son and my daughter, you know, first one sitting right in front. So I'm sitting there talking and my son is playing with my tie, but my tie's hanging down kind of right between my legs. And all of a sudden, as I'm talking, I start feeling someone grabbing me in the inappropriate area. And I see it's my son. I go, Peter, stop. Like in the middle of my thing, go, please don't mess with daddy's tie, please. Because <laughs> I don't want to be like, hey, please stop, stop touching my crotch. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, that's done. I'll do that. We get to our 11 o'clock service. And then, of course, we did our, we had a a long month craft where we did an egg drop and then we were doing egg drops. So I was throwing eggs out the second story of the church and seeing if the eggs broke or not. So we had a good time yesterday. Uh, so then we finally get to the 11 o'clock service. We have like one, one student, one kid there. Do a children's moment. Fine. We go upstairs. We're going through our lesson. We're talking about prayer. And, uh, as we're talking about prayer, we're talking about long-winded prayers. That's what Jesus said about the Gentiles in Matthew 6. And I said, do you know anybody who prays long? And she goes, yeah, Pastor Colleen. 
which is like my boss. And I just start cracking up laughing and my uh, help Sunday school helpers dying laughing. And then I, why the, this girl's blowing up balloons so that she can like tie them onto her egg drop thing. So that it kind of like reduces the uh, drag when it drops. And I'm trying to tie this one. It slips out of my hand. It's blown. And I like catch the balloon right between my hand and my thigh. And literally this little girl, she's probably seven years old, says, that balloon went inside your penis. <laughs> and the, the, the helper's like dying, like crying, laughing. I'm like, no, I have it by my leg. Like it did not go up by that area. And... <laughs> And I'm just thinking, like, wow, of all the things I would hear on a Sunday morning. Never thought it'd well, be that. Well, Peter, Peter, uh, getting your tie was just kind of a precursor to that moment. Oh Did you my think of it God. in that light? I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I mean, at this point, because then after church was done, I ate and I went back to church and started doing meal prep for our uh, couple's dinner. And literally, I'm thinking... I hope nothing else weird or strange happens, which the only thing was that I had a student. He didn't know how to mop. So I had to teach him how to mop because I didn't realize that when you put the bucket of water, you put the mop in the bucket of water that you need to squeeze some of the excess water out of it to mop. Like didn't know that. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, why is this mop so heavy? Is there, why is there <laughs> excess water everywhere? And then not only that, I had to go when I came back, when I went to church today, I had to rewipe the counters because when I left to go take care of a, another group, because they were like cleaning off the table. So I was checking in with them. He thought it'd be a good idea to take the mop and mop the tops of the um, kitchen tables. I'm like, no, dude, not after it's been on the floor. That's nasty. So I had to re-scrub all the tables. <laughs> Oh well, that's 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 teen stuff. So now the topic we're going to discuss today has nothing to do with any of our stories gone wild, but it does have to do with the SBC. Now, uh, for those of you who are listening, and if you've been following a lot of what's been happening within church news, uh, the SBC's kind of been dealing with a lot of issues. They've been dealing with a lot of um, news broke out of the. Uh, newspaper, a popular newspaper out in Texas about these covered up sex scandals that the SBC had. And that blew the doors wide open to all this, um, all these issues. There's been times where we've seen like African-American churches, part of the SBC has left due to just conversations on race and discrimination. And now the most recent one is probably one of the largest SBC churches in the nation, which would be Saddleback Church, which um, the uh, former pastor there, Rick Warren, pretty much started in his garage, and it blew up into this big mega church. author of The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, so Rick mm -hmm. Warren, very well known within the Christian culture of, I guess I'd say the world internationally, uh, well, before he retired, he ended up, uh, they had a new pastor, and that pastor's name is, um, I want to say it's Andy, Andy, yeah, Andy Wood, Andy Wood's the new pastor, 
at the church. And then before Rick Warren left, because I guess within the SBC, a lot of times when they do ordination and um, a lot of other, other things, they don't really do it like kind of like what the Church of God does, where you have pastors who mentor you, but then you have, you're have you voted on by the entire assembly. It's usually done within the local church. If you have someone who has a call to ministry and they want to be ordained, you kind of you kind of do it within the local church. And then after that, you kind of say, okay, you are now ordained. And then you kind of get, you know, the approval and stuff from there. Uh, well, I guess before Rick Warren left, at least this is what I believe the story is. He um, made Stacy Wood, which is Andy Wood's wife, basically ordained her as the teaching pastor of Saddleback. And then not only that, also ordained three other women in the church, which for the SBC, uh, one of their core beliefs is that women are not allowed to be pastors. So because of that, the SBC decided to uh, disaffiliate uh, Saddleback Church, one of the largest churches in the SBC, out of the SBC. Expel so, them is the one them. of the articles that expel them. Yeah, expelled. They have been expelled from the SBC. And from that, since high school. I know. <laughs> And it's really, it's one of those things where, or at least here it is, it's disfellowship. That's what, that's the technical word, disfellowship. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And there's been kind of a, not only, um, not only is it kind of shocking that it's 2023 and we're still having a debate on, women's call the ministry and if they can be teaching pastors or lead pastors but the fact that even within the SBC there are some pastors who are absolutely like and not in agreement with what's happening here with that the as that um saddleback should not be disfellowship from the SBC because of this so I'm just going to, so I just kind of set the stage. We're just going to leave it that. And Micah, just go ahead and kind of give some of your thoughts about, about kind of when this news broke, what were some of your thoughts and feelings about all this? Well, I, first of all, I thought you said it. I, I was, you just said that I was going to set the stage and I thought you were going to say, Oh, we're done. That's all. We're <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no, I, um, and similar to what, what I said last week when we talked about the Asbury Revival, I want to be really careful with what we say and why we say it, and, um, not be super critical at the same time. But I, you know, from the top of the episode, I wanted to say that you know we need to have a conversation. Um, it's no different than politics. It's no different than family drama. It's no different than um, you know, the work relationships you have or the relationships you have with friends or family alike. Uh, you you. You need to have conversations when difficult topics arise. And so, um, you know, when I read this last week, uh, yeah, I was I was actually laying in bed getting ready to go to go to sleep. And I, I was pretty mad. I was pretty mad at the SBC. Um, and I have friends who, who pastor um, Baptist churches. I have friends who are lead pastors. I have friends that are on staff. I have friends that are. Uh, involved and or go and are lay people or elders at Baptist churches. And um, as I've shared on this show a couple of years back, I did an, uh, a worship, like a, a worship pastor, like an interim worship pastor role for, for six to eight months at a church uh, in my community. And it was, it was amazing. It was a really fruitful time. 
And when I sat down with the lead pastor before, you know, even singing a note or playing a note on the guitar, I, you know, he was like, well, so what, tell me your story. And I was like, well, I'm ordained through the church of God Anderson. And um, I think the only real difference between, you know, us and you guys is the the conversation of eternal salvation, uh, meaning, you know, one saved, always saved. And we've never had that conversation, but that's another topic, uh, difference of, of SBC uh, theology. Um meaning that once you accept Jesus, that you're always going to have that guarantee that you're going to go to heaven. And then the other conversation was, um, was women in ministry. And Mm. they, the church that, that I was at at the time was, you know, when I was serving as an interim, uh, the one, uh, conversation point was really, um, it wasn't the one that could not serve in ministry. Mm -hmm. They, but if they did, they were called directors. They weren't called, they were like the director of children's ministry or the director of student ministry. Like they weren't, but they were never lead pastors or senior pastors and they could not be, they could not serve as deacons or elders. Um, And so it was like a, it was the boys club, right? The elders or deacons were, was a boys club. The senior pastor or associate teaching pastor was, was the boys club, so to speak. Um, Fast forward a couple of years to this article that I read, um, last week, I felt it kind of discouraging and disappointing, uh, at the same time, because I'm like, you're saying, Scott, it's 2023. Why are we having these conversations? Um, and I, I'm a little heartbroken that, um, rather than, you know, like we're doing, have a, having a conversation, why wasn't the SBC willing to have a conversation with Saddleback and say, okay, what can we do about this or can we have a conversation and come to some sort of resolution other than just expelling them from the church that they've been a part of for however long they've been a part of it, which has been probably 20 or 30 years, uh, given, um, you know, Rick Warren's history there and, um, it being one of the bigger or more prominent Baptist churches within the SBC movement. Uh, so I, I kind of, I kind of find it erratic and granted, I don't know the, the, the back end or the details of, of the whole story, but you know, you would think that there would be a little bit more, I'm going to throw a, a deep Baptist theological word out there. There would be a little bit more grace um, given to, um, to Saddleback church and to the situation at, at hand. Um, and then the other thing I, you know, I just, it's, you know, Scott, you work at a UMC church now, United Methodist church and your senior pastor is a woman. Um, Church of God is is super passionate and affirming about women in ministry. And mm-hmm. um, you and I are both ordained through that tradition. And, you know, in fact, when I went through ordination, I had to write a paper on women in ministry and how I, how I agreed with the fact that women were called to ministry and they could be mm-hmm. lead pastors or teaching pastors or any kind of pastor that they wanted to be. Yeah. If God called them, then God bless you. And, you know, let's, let's do it. Um, and a lot of my friends and a lot of some of the really, you know, prominent, uh, speakers within the church of God tradition are women, you know, your Diana swoop, your Jeanette Flynn, uh, yeah. you know, there, there are several I could just illustrate and Jeanette was even on our show last fall. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I would say discouraging and disappointing because there are so many, um, churches out there that affirm them. I think when I was having a conversation, I was having a conversation I think it was this morning I had coffee with a friend and we were talking about the church that he's part of, which is non-denominational. And we were talking about this very topic, which is the SBC thing and the women in ministry. And he's like, I can't believe we're still having this conversation. I'm like, I can't either, man. I can't. And he said, 
I think he said it was prominently Baptist, SBC, and then um, I think it was Church of Christ. Do you know, if, if, is it Church of Christ that, that I think kind of leans the same way about uh, affirming or ordaining women in ministry? Yeah, yeah Church of Christ yeah. is so, very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so we were having that conversation, and he's like, man, I just, I can't believe that we're still having these conversations. So... I, I just find it kind of disappointing and discouraging at the same time. So what did you think of what were your initial thoughts? Well, I feel like, Oh gosh, like I, I have a, because you have a woman, like as a, as somebody who, who works at a church, I just <laughs> mentioned who has a senior pastor, who is a woman, yeah. like you obviously don't have an issue with it. Cause you're working at a church with the, well, you know, we yeah. Have. And here's, here's the issue that I have. And it's been an issue for the, I, I think it goes a lot deeper. I mean, I'll, I'll address the whole SBC thing first, and then maybe I might drop down to a more theological level. But <laughs> reading reading the Los Angeles Times, and, and this is the Los Angeles Times, which dropped yesterday, and actually they're interviewing a, a former SBC pastor, uh, Benjamin Cole, who's been a part of the SBC for 30 years. So he's the, and I guess he wrote under his uh, Twitter handle, Baptist Blogger, saying, we may not only be losing Saddleback Church and Rick Warren, we might be losing our identity in, in regards to the SBC. And one of the things that they, and so they're asking questions, and they even said that the conversation has been edited uh, for length and clarity. Um, but one of the big things they said is, you know, how did they come to re- be removed? And one of the big things that they were saying was that technically with, um, Andy Wood's wife being ordained as a teaching pastor, they saw it as more of a associate role where Andy Wood would still be the lead. So he would still be the head pastor who is a male, but then having the his wife and then three other women be ordained, that that would still fit within kind of the SBC code. And I think, you know, that would kind of fit. But then, of course, there was somebody within the credentials committee because again, a lot of times Baptists, they ordain people within their congregations and then they have to send it to the credential committee for approval. And that's when they send it to the higher up saying, hey, we have an issue here. Um, so with that regard, like, I think that's kind of an issue. And But the other thing I thought was interesting too in this article is they said, well, the confessional statement of the Baptist faith and message says that the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture, but we seem to be only interested in that it's men. Scriptural qualifications also say pastors must be apt to teach. They must be the husband of one wife. They must not be given the wine. It's on the Bible in First Timothy chapter 3. Um, it also says an overseer or a pastor is to be faithful to his wife. Now, I'm going to pause right there. Because the issues we've had in the SBC in the past has been a lot of predatorial behavior, uh, child abuse, sexual abuse within the SBC church. And yet the the, the hill they want to really die on is we're going to start disfellowshipping churches that have who are ordaining women as pastors. But yet we're not going to take care of the abuse that's happening within the church. We're not going to. And what we've seen happen is if there was anything, it's like, okay, well, we're going to move this pastor to a different location in the state, but we're not going to take away their credentials, even though there's been some 
files reported that there's been some reports that this person has been abusive to people and have been sexually assaulting people. But we're going to keep them ordained, but we're not going to ordain a woman because she's a woman. Like, to me, that, I have a really hard time with that because it's very, and you can argue scripture all you want, but the fact that just that alone, that the SBC is still allowing men to pastor who have a history and not and and not disqualify them or take their credentials because of what they're doing wrong. I mean, that's a violation. For me, I'd say that's a violation of 1 Timothy 3 if you're not being faithful to your wife, but yet we're going to still keep them as pastors. And that's the thing that I think drives me up the wall the most, that you're willing to keep those type of pastors because they're men, but not willing to ordain women who have been called by God, who have a gift to speak, to teach, but you're saying, no, because you're a woman, you're not allowed to be a pastor. Well, when a thought came to my mind, uh, as I was sharing just a minute ago before you kind of responded, was that, you know, there, there is, there are way more important things like people, you know, dying and going to hell because they don't know Jesus. And you're going to let the, the identity of somebody's gender and leadership get in the way of that. And something else I just thought of as you were sharing, Scott, was, um, I don't know, let's just, let's just take, um, Laura, your wife or Alicia, my wife. And, you know, they, you know, they have their best friend who doesn't go to church and, you know, they don't know Jesus, but yet they could lead them to Jesus, right? Yeah. They could, they could invite them to church. They could go to the altar. They could pray with them. They could pray with them in McDonald's parking lot. And they could lead that person to Jesus and they don't have a calling on their life, but they could do the same thing and share the good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ, regardless of their gender and lead somebody to heaven in an eternity with Jesus and not even have the title pastor. But yet, if you're a woman in a Southern Baptist church and you want the title pastor, you can't have it. Please tell me the difference. Like, (laughs) that's something that I really struggle with is because anybody can lead anybody to jesus and you don't have to have the title pastor in front of your name yeah and and the difference is really the difference if it boils down to is position and power Mm -hmm. position and power is is the only reason and you could and again when i i mean they mentioned first timothy three um i would even go back to first timothy two and even when you read that that's very questionable on how that's taken out of context and mm-hmm. and again that's where i kind of sit back and say okay context is everything because again and this is where i'm going to get theological so i i do apologize if you're a listener who doesn't want to get into all theological with me that's fine or we can debate and i would love to hear your comments but when you look at first timothy first timothy is an epistle it's a letter that's written to by paul to timothy Now, the problem is, is, and again, this is the church in Ephesus. Timothy's the pastor in Ephesus at this point. Here's the problem that we see in this. Unlike all the other letters that Paul is addressing to the church about how they work, how they form, how they worship, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy to kind of deal with issues, not only probably within the church, but the communities he lived. And the thing about 1 Timothy 2 
is when we look at um like okay let's go first timothy 2 8 therefore i want men everywhere to pray lift up holy hands without arguing or disputing we kind of see that there's some men fighting in first timothy 1 so i think that's kind of what paul's addressing i also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothing both good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and propriety. Now, here's where we start seeing a kind of a little bit of a contradiction when we see the apostle Paul write in Romans. He says all sin came through Adam. Sin came through Adam and then we see that salvation has come through the second Adam or Jesus Christ. So we see Paul addressed the Romans, well sin came through Adam. Now in 2 Timothy, well sin came through Eve. It came through the woman, right? So one of the things that I've been learning as I've been studying this passage is that when we look at what's happening in Ephesus around this time, there has been a huge sexual revolution with women where women are not only being very sexual with their bodies, but also they're very being very brash. You can look at old documents. You can look at documents from other writers around that time where they're talking about how these women are like interrupting like orators or philosophers and interrupting them. And just talking and how a lot of these men are getting very agitated. You also have the cult of, the cult of Artemis, or I think Artemis, I think that's the name of the cult around this time, which is very run by women and they are abusing men. So very, I mean, think about like a BDSM. This is, there's a cult yeah. going on where women are the high priestess and they're causing all this power and basically causing humiliation and sexual awakening within men or with other women so when we look at this letter is paul really addressing an issue that's happening within the church or is paul really addressing an issue with something that's happening within the home and if paul's addressing something that's happening in the home where hey these women are kind of taking over and causing these issues within the home because of what's happened culturally then that kind of fits a little bit of peace and that can, I can kind of reconcile that aspect in the stuff where Paul's saying in Romans, when he's talking about addressing some similar issues, I can see that. But the problem is, is we look at passages like that and we say, well, this is what Paul writes and he's addressing the church. So women are not allowed to be teachers. Women must be silent. Women must not have authority over a man. But I think even the translations think a women must technically, if you look at the translation of the Greek, the Greek word can also be translated that a woman should not be dominant over a man. And I think dominant and having authority are two different things in the Greek world. And yet when people don't understand that or when you have biased in translation or even if you have people who have a more view of women shouldn't be pastors and they're reading the scripture then automatically that bias or that viewpoint that they have is always going to translate to what they're reading and they're going to use it to write policy and everything that's going to suppress god's calling and again you could go back to joel you can even go back to acts 2 acts 3 where peter's addressing the thing that says you know my spirit will pour out both men and women Men and women will have the spirit to do things. And so, yeah, going back to your earlier question, I don't, the only difference between a woman leading someone to Christ in a parking lot 
and a woman leading someone to Christ from the pulpit is really about position and power. And I think a lot of churches that view that only men can be pastors are pastors who are churches who are very patriarchal in their approach. And they very much only care about men being in power because they believe that that's going to kind of set the world right. But yet when these men are abusing their power, we kind of turn a blind eye to, to that. Yeah. And you know, the, the idea of just, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how many times over the years I've heard that scripture ar- argument with the whole, you know, for wives, you know, this means to the dear husbands, you know, as to the Lord. And, you know, how many, how many times have we done weddings over the years as pastors and leaders where you have that scripture passage within the, the wedding uh, ceremony that you're performing? And it's like, it's, it's talking about marriage, Mm-hmm. Right. And it's talking about um, the idea of, of, of being, you know, right in, in the house and the household that you're living and, and you know, the marriage and, and the relationship that you're having with each other and the Lord and kind of being that biblical example for one another. And, um, you know, the it just I think it gets lost in translation. You know, it's no different. Right. than you know, how many how many times have you heard, uh, you know, Philippians 413? You know, I can give, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we could do a whole um, sermon series on biblical passages that, you know, have gone awry or, or being, you know, taken out of context based on what they mean, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's uh, you know, Psalm 23 is another good example. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to, you know, lie down in the green pastures. And it really talks about, you know, David and what he was going through during that Mm -hmm. season of his life. Um, And you can use those illustrations as, um, you know, segues to teach and, you know, run parallel with your own life. But I think it's, it's often, this is one that has been used so many times uh, to, to make this argument within the SBC and it's frustrating. And for me, it's growing old. Right. It's growing tired. And I just I like you said at the top of the episode, I can't believe we're having this the same conversation. Yeah. And and there's something that um and there's something right here that um uh, I keep forgetting his name that uh Benjamin Cole said, because one of the things he wrote is said, you know, it might be the ousting the saddleback is not, you know, it's not about that, but it's it's something we're we're losing our identity and the um the um the news writer, uh, Deborah Netburn, asked, well, you wrote about the ousting of Saddleback is, is about something worse. What did you mean by that? And this is what he said. He said, there has always been many different ways of being Baptist. There used to be moderate Baptist, conservative Baptist, fundamental Baptist, and even liberal Baptist. But everyone allowed each other to worship how they wanted and still cooperated for missions, ministry, evangelism, and theological education. Today, the SBC is increasingly homogenous folks who are not on the right or increasingly the far right of the theological spectrum do not find a home in the SBC. And I think that's kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, but I know a lot of times I always hear people say, well, you know, politics and in, in the church is bad and it shouldn't be a part of it. And and I agree to that statement, but I don't think a lot of people really realize how much political beliefs 
has kind of infiltrated the Christian life or kind of Christian policy, depending on your denomination and how that has changed things. And I think at the end of the day, when we see something like this um, or something incredibly outlandish that we see happening within the Christian faith, you have to almost kind of ask yourself, you know, those churches who say, well, politics don't shape us. Well, they do, because you're kind of seeing it played out in your policy. And, and in, you know, and in yeah. the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just not like, just, yeah, good. Sorry. No, yeah. Speaking. Yeah. I was going to say, like, not just, you know, SBC or like your global brand, but even within your um, local congregation, I think even. You know, even kind of going back to um, our conversation with Jeanette Flynn last fall, like, I feel like she kind of alluded to that, too, a little bit where she talked about, you know, the problem is, is we, we, we say that we have no creed, you know, the Bible's our rule of faith. But because of that, we don't really have any good boundaries in some way to kind of say, well, here's what we really believe about these topics. So you have other people being pastors who come in with their own beliefs, their own experiences and what how they view the bible and how it shapes them and you know you can have pastors who are not affirming of women uh, pastoring church of god churches that as a denomination we support that you could have pastors who are not for other things that the church of god is for and i think that's where she's kind of, I believe that's kind of what she's talking about a little bit about, you know, we don't, we've kind of lost our identity. And I think at the same time, that's kind of the same thing that Mr. Cole's having as he's watching the SBC in 30 years have this drastic change. And he's going, you know, yeah, Saddleback being ousted out of the fellowship is not just, that's not an isolated thing. I think it's just kind of something far worse that's going to happen. And we're going to kind of, start seeing kind of those cracks be busted open in the next couple of years. And is the SBC still going to be around or are we going to have a whole new identity and how many more people are going to leave? Cause they just don't see themselves in that identity anymore. Well, I think that goes along, you know, not, I think it goes beyond the SBC too, because there, oh, there, yeah. there, there are, there are far more topics and we're not going to get mm-hmm. into them today, but like, yeah, you know, you can talk about things that are going on in the, you know, the, the Presbyterian church or the, the Lutheran church or, um, you know, other denominations that are going through, uh, you know, various issues. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we're, we're just kind of on the tip of the iceberg, so to speak of, of some of the issues that we're going to see moving forward. And I, I hope it just doesn't get out of control. I hope people, like I said at the top, as we kind of wrap our conversation up, the, you know, be willing to have a conversation and kind of work through some of the differences. Absolutely. And friends, that's going to be it for us today. I know we could talk about it a lot more, but unfortunately we are out of time, but friends, we like to continue this conversation. Feel free to message us, uh, write us on our, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, send us a message on the scott7.com and we will read your questions and have discussions about them on the podcast in a future episode. All right. Hope you have a great day. Take care. Mm-hmm.